Welcome back to the Outdoor Adventures Podcast. With me in the studio today, I've got Dylan Williams and Cousin Jake. How are we doing, boys? We're doing all right. Happy to have you both here. We've got some gentlemen working on our concrete outside, so so far we haven't heard them yet, but we'll see how that goes. We've got a few announcements uh, for the OAP community. Number one, ODOT gave me an update on the bridge in Corvallis. So they have switched the Van Buren Bridge eastbound over the river until 2025 to a temporary bridge. Good news. It can handle school buses now. So it's going to be like that until 2025. That is good news, though. Yeah, and we got some maps we can post on that for the river access and, uh, you know, bike access because it does change things up a little bit for anyone using those areas. Uh, And ODOT wanted us to let you all know about that. So then um, we've debated on this show a few times the age of deer, and I've said some things that probably weren't accurate. I'm pretty confident that they weren't most likely accurate, but they were just based on my experience. And so I found this article about aging deer and I was like, Hey, that's cool. So the oldest wild white tail ever documented. Anyone want to guess the age on that one? 15 years old. Oh, good guess. 28, 24, 24 years old, oldest white tailed deer ever documented. Um, and then there's a ton of good evidence that deer can make it to extreme ages. And in captivity, an older deer typically lasts 23 to 24 years old. So uh, they talk about winter kill kill a lot in here, uh, bucks versus does. Uh, I'll post this article because it's something that we've debated off and on for a long time. Now, on mule deer, it says the oldest mule deer they've ever aged was 20 years old. So... Uh, and then with blacktail, they've gotten a 22 year old. So that whitetail at 24 is like the record of deer that these guys have aged. So that's insane. Could you imagine? What do they even look like when they get that old? Yeah, I don't know. So it says most bucks coming through their check station are two and a half to six and a half years old. So these are mule deer they're talking about. Um, in the wild, a mule deer typically lives from eight and a half to ten and a half years old. So one that like doubles that life expectancy. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, he's probably a little arthritic in his joints. Probably doesn't have a whole lot of teeth. Jumps I'm, right. Williams will always jump to arthritis. Yeah, somewhere. Hey, gal. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing his uh, his antlers aren't quite what they used to be. You know, so I bet the I bet the antlers look crazy. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's, I bet it's he's tired in gray sweats. Well, it does say here, too, that deer remain fertile their whole life. And so does, they've got some does that are 24 years old and still giving birth to fawns the last Dang. year of their life. So, Holy crap. You know, grandma's still getting it done, you know? <laughs> like, I've got a sheep in my pasture who's like 16 plus years old. And we her name's Linda. And that old bitty, she's still having babies, too. So It's close to the same. It's pretty similar, I think. Yeah. She used so, to live in a barn and they're out in the wild right. for their lives. Right, true. She gets some grain every night <laughs> yeah. to come into the barn. Yeah, but Linda has to get chased around by coyotes. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Her baby got coyote eaten last year. So, RIP pouring out. 
So um, I'm also, you know, bouncing around a little bit on these announcements, but I am a member of the Oregon Hunters Association. They're the ones that sponsor the Turn In Poachers hotline, but they also uh, give away guns every month. So it's a cool, cool organization to be a part of. Um, but they have been fighting this measure 114, which is that gun control measure where you can't have a gun with a clip over 10 uh, rounds in it and then you know, all the things that it created, which was basically just a rush on guns when that passed. Uh, but there is a judge in Harney County that has stopped that. And so now the state of Oregon is going to take that to the Supreme Court and fight to get it back. So we'll see how that plays Harney out. Harney County. But yeah, OHA is stepping up for gun rights and hunters. So that's that's what they do. But they where, put out some... Harney County? Harney County's down by kind of Burns down in that area. Oh, yeah. Um. So uh, anyway, they put out this magazine every month if, when you're a member, and it's called the Oregon Hunter Magazine. And so I pulled out the July-August edition because it had some statistics on wildlife in Oregon. So uh, blacktail, buck-to-doe ratios are estimated at 60 to 100. <laughs> so that means you know every buck, there's 60 to 100 does on the blacktail. Dang. Um, and then data from the radio collared black-tailed does have a survival rates of 71 to 84%. So they're doing pretty good is basically what they said. Blacktail, they don't give stats in here on what the actual numbers are, but mule deer population data is estimated between 160,000 and 165,000 mule deer in Oregon. Their management goal is 350,000 mule deer. But they've kind of stayed in that 160 to 165 for the last few years. Elk, Rocky Mountain elk, uh, the population is estimated around 71,000. The goal is around 74,000. So we're right on track with where we want to be with the Rocky Mountain elk. And then on the uh, Coasties or the Roosevelt elk, uh, we've got about 56,500 of those. And they're trying to beat about 71,000. It's amazing there's that many and they're so hard to find. <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah, 56,000, I didn't even get to see one. Right. You saw some sign. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then pronghorn are estimated between sixteen and 19,000 in Oregon. And we got 4,500 bighorn sheep, 1,200 Rocky Mountain goats, 34,000 bears, and about 7,000 cougars. I don't know where they, how they do these or where they get the numbers, there's a check station that all the animals walk through and they just count them as they go in, you know, like the Bonneville Dam of salmon. But it's they're all estimated based off of population surveys. And we've always thought, like, the blacktail numbers, how the heck are you going to get those accurate? Yeah. They've got so much cover. And, and so much land that, yeah. And they're so sneaky, you know. I don't know. I understand elk is a pretty large animal. And if you've got a helicopter and you're trying to survey them, it's probably mm-hmm. a little easier. But Oh, yeah. Anyway, those were my announcements. And then uh, Dylan's going to update us on the reg changes for 2024. Yeah, there's a couple new hunts floating around for 2024. You got a whitetail bow that runs November 16th to December 1st in the Grant County. I couldn't give you any additional information on what that is. And then we have some youth tags in the 100 series. And these ones, basically, they just kind of start you a week earlier than everyone else. So you'll get that 
you'll get started around September 30th to October 16th. Um, I believe most of the other ones. Where's the rifle? Sam. Isn't it any weapon now? It's always any weapon. Yeah. I don't know. I know it's like October 5th or something. Oh, a general rifle, yeah. as you're saying. Yeah. No, I think no, no. The uh, 100 series controlled hunts. It changed two days. Yeah, it's October 5th through um, October 16th this year. Yep. So you'll get a week earlier start with a youth tag. Um, in some units, there's just a handful of them. And they um, added four or five new units, it looks like, to the yeah. youth tags. Yeah, they did that, and then um, jump into to L, and then there's also just some miscellaneous season date changes and stuff um, laying around. But um, archery elk has changed a little bit. Not all the Eastern Oregon units, which they weren't already, um, but uh, we got some of them back for that archery season, where you just have to get the general season tag, and you can hunt a more wide variety of of units throughout the state um you are still getting a chunk that is controlled but it's pretty cool that they're opening it back up somewhat yeah they opened it back that was the biggest thing the guy at the sportsman's when i picked these up was like do you see they opened elk back up so it was more of an over-the-counter archery tag for elk you got a bigger area to go hunt and you can go hunt over east and then come back over here if you're not successful and keep hunting so um yeah, uh, I did a little bit of that this year. We had my other cousin Dylan on the show, and he was. We talked about that elk hunting trip, and it was calling those elk in archery season is a pretty cool experience. I can't do it yet, but the way he does it, it's pretty impressive. Um, other thing I noticed was just some of the tag counts changed, like some oh, of the, yeah. some of the quotas and the amounts of tags that you can get. And it seems like some of the so check the unit that you hunt in and see you know how many tags are out there. It might be easier to draw that unit than it used to be, you know. So, all right, well we are going to dive into Jake's hunt. We've been saving this for you, Jake. We we haven't talked about your hunt at all because we wanted to get you on here so we could hear it from the horse's mouth. No, wait, we got to start with the leg. The leg. His leg. Oh, yeah. He always wants to talk about your leg. Yeah, because I so. brought it up in Cody Fox's podcast because mm -hmm. I forgot to ask you about it. I don't and know why you're so Obviously, the people are wanting, people want to know about it. Yeah, I think so. People are craving that story. That's a good story. And I mean, the fact that you like, you know, talk to your mom on FaceTime or whatever with your leg like in your ear. Is probably interesting for people. So those of you listening, my leg is fine. Yeah, I have a completely normal leg, but Dylan likes to make it seem like my leg is not there. He likes hey, to make it. A seem lot like of people don't snap their femurs. I mean, it's a just lot not of people a don't have a titanium rod from hip to knee. Yeah, it's impressive. It's pretty cool. So let's, uh, Dylan. Do you want to conduct that interview with Jake and just kind of get him tuned in on that story for us? Yeah. So let's start with what you were doing. Render bike. That'd be a really good idea to go out to the dunes and I think oh January twenty ninth of twenty twenty one. Had the day off of school. It was a Friday. Went down there with some buddies and it was a terrible time to go for anybody who rides dunes. It was just wet and not really the best time of the year to go. And it was cold and it was pretty miserable, honestly. So you were 
riding with your buddies, you were on your way back to the parking lot? Yeah. Or? We went we went out to what we call we call it the back nine. It's just way out there, some jumps, some just some of the bigger dunes and heading back in. We were just mobbing pretty much, going about as fast as we could. We were all cold, wanted to get back to the pickup, get some food in us, drink some water, and cruising, and ended up killing my bike because one of my buddies stopped in front of me on a hill. So I get my bike started, and I'm chasing them down, and I lose them. And I was like, I have no idea where they went. So I was just like, oh, they probably took a different way back to the parking lot. So I started going the way I know how to get back to the parking lot, which now I know is the worst way to go in the wintertime because it's just covered in water and there's just holes and there's drop-offs and stuff. And I was cruising pretty good, got to a place that I thought was flat and hit a probably two-foot deep puddle of water, kicked my handlebars sideways and pitched me over my bike and femur hit my handlebars and snapped my femur clean in half and went tumbling and you wake up from oh, yeah. what you told me you wait you come to from that incident and you just kind of had your head tilted sideways and all you could see was your toes <laughs> yeah i uh i knocked myself out which was the scariest part i don't really remember being knocked out but i also don't remember landing which i guess in a situation like that it's kind of Everything's going so fast and you're in so much shock, you don't really remember everything. But, yeah, I just him laying there, looking up at the sky, just like, what's going on? Like, that hurt. Wind knocked out of me, not really being able to breathe. And I look to my left and my left foot is pointed up towards at my shoulder, just sitting there. And I thought I just dislocated my knee, so I just did the worst thing I possibly could have done and grabbed it and threw it back down and tried to get it back in place and it popped made some gross noises and i was like oh that's not good man that's crazy like you guys can't see my face but i'm cringing as he's telling this story just picturing how fast do you think you were going on the bike i was on i was on my old ktm 450 and i was in fifth gear going as fast as i possibly could so probably i don't know when I hit the puddle, I was probably going about 60, 65. And do you think anybody witnessed you crash? No. Uh, no one did. I There's no one on the flat I was on. So once I got done tumbling and came to and realized where I was at, couldn't find any of my friends because they went a different way back to the truck. And uh, I was just, like, terrified. I was by myself with a broken leg, even though it was, like, kind of a – like, there was – a decent amount of people in the parking lot who were riding that day i was just like i'm screwed like no one's gonna find me even though i'm in the one spot where everybody goes i was just so nervous how and long how long were you there before somebody found you probably around five minutes okay so it wasn't bad yeah but I was your just, buddies came back and got you well no, actually, they it took them a little bit because they thought they lost me too. They were looking for me and they thought that I, I don't know what they were thinking. We just wasn't really the best communication. I got my, end up seeing a side-by-side, -side, flagged down a side-by-side -side with a, it was probably the worst side-by-side -side to flag down. It was a 
husband, a wife, and two kids, like young kids. And my leg was gross looking like, and I was just like, I told him, I was like, hey, do not let your kids out of the side by side. Like, I just need one of you to come over here, grab my phone, because my phone was in my backpack. And when I crashed, my backpack flew off. I was like, hey, I need you to grab my backpack so I can get my phone. Call an ambulance. Call, like, something. My leg's destroyed. Like, I can't walk. I need medical attention. Uh, So the husband ended up coming out and called the ambulance. And then I called my mom. (laughs) That was the first thing I thought to do. So I FaceTimed my mom. (laughs) Didn't even call her. Just FaceTimed her. And she answered. And she goes, what's up, buddy? And I was like, "Uh, I broke my leg. And she was like, no, you didn't. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. And she was like, show me then. And I was like, you don't want to see. She was like, are you lying? And I was like, no. And she was, I, she was like, I don't believe you. Like, show me. So I turned my phone around and my legs just mangled. Like, sock crooked, foot's laying sideways. And she instantly, as a mom does, when her 17-year-old kid is hour and a half away and laying down with a broken leg starts crying Mm -hmm. and dad gets the phone and I was like just meet me at the hospital like we'll be in Florence the ambulance is coming I'm fine wasn't in any real pain but I was just freezing cold it was so cold I was laying in a puddle of water it was rough that's that is a crazy story. Like that's so wild, and I'm I'm picturing for your mom because his mom's like the sweetest lady ever, and I'm guessing you probably mess with her on the phone quite a bit with other times. So she yeah. was just thinking, oh, he's just messing with me, and then yeah, oh. until you until she finds out that it's true, then she wasn't probably very stoked. I'd imagine that her reaction wasn't like, okay, yeah, we'll just see you there. I'm I sure forgot like, to. What are you doing? Yeah, I know. She started yelling at me on woman. the phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot to add, mention this, which was probably the grossest part. And I, it was, it hurt. It was the only pain that I really felt when it broke until later. I roll over because I throw it back in place, and my foot was like kind of sitting upright, and I was like, oh well, I just dislocated my knee roll over, stood up, and it just collapsed. Mm. Yeah, it was was gross. Well, then the pain started was when they put the... Oh, yeah. They put... uh, uh, They call it a bone stretcher because when you break your femur, it, like, compresses and sits weird, and they need to straighten it out so it doesn't hit, like, an artery or something. And I was really close to hitting my femoral artery, which is, like, the big one, so I would have died, but Mm -hmm. it's fine. Uh, But they put, like, a handyman jack on your leg, basically. They wrap it up around, like, around your groin area and then down around your ankle, and they just crank it, and it stretches your bone, and that sucked. Oh, man. Man, that's crazy. And, I mean, you're 19 now? Yeah. So that was a couple years ago? Yeah, in January it'll be two years so Jake and I got to ride over to deer hunt camp together and I haven't spent a lot of time with Jake. I mean, I think that was, I mean, really, we have, I knew who you were. You came on the podcast uh, a while back. Mm-hmm. We've seen each other at different family functions over the years, but not like ever really hung out. So it, was it was really, yeah, like our first time ever like s- sitting down and like, 
I mean, we were in a car for four hours, yeah. just chopping it up. Didn't listen to any music, didn't listen to any podcast, nothing, just talked for four hours. It was really cool because I got to know you and, you know, I, you know, as an older cousin being protective, I just kept telling him, you got to slow down, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want you to be dead because it's scary. I mean, this guy, he's got a need for speed a little bit and I get that. I know other people that have that. I never had that. I've always been pretty slow. Uh, that, you know, I was kind of at a pretty slow pace, uh, but, uh, you know, it's scary, but I mean, you learned a lot from that and you know, kind of where your limits are and like how to be, you know, not take those kind of risks. Yeah, it was, I mean, I would probably say I'm worse <laughs> a little bit now, but not, I'm smarter now. I, at the time I was just, I wasn't thinking. I was just so out of it. I shouldn't. We shouldn't even have been there. All of us. We stayed up way too late the night before. Left early. It was just the worst conditions to be riding, and we were just like, "Well, we have the day off school. Why not go?" And shout out. Uh, he listens to the podcast. Shout out to Caleb. Caleb Jensen. He was the one who sat there with me the entire time while the doctors were there, uh, just making sure he was like, "Just don't look. Just don't look like this is." especially when they had to, they had to cut my pants off. So they were cut on my pants and he saw it and it was just like, my leg was bulged out and everything. And he was like, just held me down. He was like, don't look like this is, you don't want to see it. Like everything's fine, but just don't look. Oh, that's a good friend. Yeah. Good homie, job, Caleb. Homie broke Caleb. Yeah. And oh, shout also, out Caleb. Also <laughs> fractured, fractured three of my vertebrae. Jeez. I didn't know that part of the story. Mm-hmm. Didn't I, no one knew until I got X-rayed, and they were like. Then I went into surgery that day, that night. Drove me from Florence to Eugene, and so with the vertebrae, what's the what do they do with that? Basically, nothing. Just let it heal up. They said that the fractures were minute enough where I was going to have back pain, mm-hmm. probably, which I still do. But they just told me to take it easy, and I didn't do that i ripped my stitches out the the next day rolled out of bed and tried to walk to the bathroom and and jake i think we mentioned this about you last time but you were a high school athlete too so you know you're playing football at a pretty good level and you know and baseball and stuff and so i mean my experience of you was always reading your highlights in the newspaper because back then i actually took a paper and it was kind of cool to see your name Mm -hmm. you know Jake Williams with 82 yards and 11 carries or whatever, that kind of stuff. So Jake Williams with a titanium rod and three cracked vertebrae. Yeah. Man. What'd That's you in think, the paper now. What do you think of older cousin? Were you pretty stressed in that situation? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was really mad at him for a while because uh, he just sent me a Snapchat saying, broke my leg in, in the, the ambulance. In the ambulance. Yeah. And I was like, what? I think I talked about? to you like the next day or something. And yeah. Like, and you're like, little Jake, you know, you were pissed. I remember you were just mad. Yeah. yeah. I drove um, Jake's sister. He had, she had to go drop some clothes and stuff off to, you know, my aunt and uncle. And uh, so I drove her, me and my wife drove her down to Eugene, saw everybody. And yeah, it was a screwed up time for sure. But. It's scary. Well, we're glad you're here and in one piece, and you can still run pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, still not moving. not quite as fast as Dylan's dad, Jason. So <laughs> yeah, you know, your your uncle, my cousin, and and we'll get into that story. But 
So Jake and I head over to deer camp on Thursday. These mm-hmm. guys had already got the giant elk tent set up by themselves. Yeah, so, thank you guys for that. Yeah, so Jason was a little sore. His back was hurting him a little bit after that. Uh, but yeah, they had everything ready to rock and roll, and we were doing some scouting and whatnot. And uh, one of the evenings, so we'll, we'll tell this story because it happens before your hunt. We're out and about scout. I, I think it was season had started. We were hunting. It was uh, the day Taya shot her deer. So that evening, two Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday oh, would have been Wednesday. Because I so, shot mine on Thursday. So Wednesday night when yep. Jacob or when Jason smoked you in that race. Is that what we're talking about? So, uh, so we first of all, not true. He had a head start. So yeah, there was a small a head big start. Fella to lose, period. But, I think. Uh, so we're out and about, and you know, there's cattle, free ranging cattle out where we're hunting, and that's a common thing over in Eastern Oregon. And there, there's always been this game that we've played where you, you know, try to get somebody to go slap a cow. You know, try to get close because cows are pretty wild and they're pretty wiry and. They're kind of mean, most of them. Yeah. And so Jake... This one was very mean. J- Jake's first time over east, and I think, I don't know who told you, but like, hey, go see if you can go slap that cow, you know? So Jake jumps out of the pickup and chases this cow. Well, she ends up going down in this creek. Well, we couldn't see that from the pickup. And we thought she had hurt herself, but she was just kind of stuck in this creaky area. And she's down there, and so Dylan's dad's going, oh, man, this cow's hurt. And first of all, first of all, my Uncle Jason goes, I take off after this thing. This cow is cooking. It is the biggest, first of all, it's the biggest cow I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And it takes off, and then she gets stuck in the creek, and I didn't really know what to do. I was kind of freaking out. I also thought she was hurt, and then my uncle just goes, fix it just he screams screams at me and i'm like what do you want me to do dude like it's a two thousand pound animal you want me to pick it up yeah yeah because it looked like she was maybe hurt or whatever so he gets out of the pickup jason does and he's like going ah man i can't we gotta stop playing this game like he's shaking his head and he's you know looking for sticks to try to help this thing get going or he's he's got his pocket knife in case it turns awry and uh anyway he gets up on this thing and then the next thing you know we're in the pickup watching this scene this cow like kind of starts rocking herself loose from whatever she's in and she was just in a like a muddy bog creek bottom and she's loose and then we see uh jake b- turn and go like run or something like that or, yeah, or was, she's mad or i don't I was, know what you said but. i was turned around talking to uncle jason he was kind of like like what's going on i was like oh she's just stuck in the creek and he's like he's like oh okay and i turn around and the cow was facing away from me when she was in the creek and i turned to talk to my uncle turned back cow's facing me huffing and puffing oh, she was snorting she snorting, was blowing at me and then i just look at my uncle and i go oh, she's pissed yeah and it starts char oh, i I don't really even know if she was trying to get come get us because I don't think she was. I think she was just trying to like get out and get away. Yeah, but it was t- I was four feet away from this thing that started running at me. And Jason had about ten feet on Jake, but yeah. it might have been a little further. But and this thing is motoring, and then they both start booking it. And Jason was a uh, what D line and O line back in yeah. high school. 
But I mean, just a fullback. Good. <laughs> yeah. He was a football <laughs> athlete back in the day, though. But I mean, 30 years He's ago. got kind of a bad hip right now. And his knees, you know, maybe hey, not. He's a healthy, he's a healthy, runs every day. He's a Cam Haynes individual. But you should have seen him smoke Jake to the pickup. I he mean, he beat him me. by a good bit. And he, I've never seen him move that fast ever. It surprised I, you. I know he did say, I'm going to fill that in the morning. And I'm pretty sure he probably did. Yeah. But yeah. it was, it was pretty funny. You know, that like reminds me of, you know, the movie Grown Ups when Kevin James, they're talking about having Kevin James fight that one guy for him. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, I have about three seconds of fighting left in my life. And that's just in case somebody cuts in front of me at Burger King or something. Yeah. That's that, like, that's what I picture of my dad. He has about 10, maybe 10 seconds of that type of action I left. It was I don't a fight think or he'll flight. ever be able to do it again. It was a fight or flight response, but yeah. he was motoring like I've never seen him move. And I mean, he was in that pickup and Jake was still a ways back. It was yeah. pretty, it was pretty impressive. It was athleticism. Well, it was impressive on the, on the old man's part. Yeah, then, he'll surprise you. And then we clocked Jake later in the pickup. He had him run alongside the pickup. I think, how fast did we get him going? 17 miles an hour. There we go. Which is impressive. MPH is. Wearing really, really Luke Bryan type blue jeans and hey dudes. Yeah. But we were in reverse and you were still <laughs> running straight. Right? So I remember it. And you didn't get to the front ever. I don't think that's how that happened. Isn't oh. it funny how these stories all change yeah. over time? Over time, they get different. Over time. So let's uh, let's fast forward to the day that you filled your tag. And I don't know, maybe Dylan, you want to set the stage? Because it was kind of, we were executing your plan, if you will, right? You kind of mapped out the day for us. And I was along for the ride. And so why don't you set the stage? Well, we've been chasing these bucks, doing the same walk. I, basically every day. We did. I'm it. pretty sure. Every, you, at least you guys I, did it every I day. I did it every single day. Um, and the day before, you guys were really close to having an opportunity to really big buck. And then we pulled up in the pickup moments after Tay shot hers. And then you guys were unsure if we still, if, you know, you guys all thought Tay still had a tag. So. No, you never shot because we were right there. It was kind of in your line of fire. It was just kind of not the right situation. So you lost that opportunity. So we go back down this walk on this Thursday, um, doing our same loop, get down to the bottom, and then there's this just massive herd of antelope. I mean, humongous in between us and where we want to go. And we don't want to push them too far because I... I've seen a lot of deer in this zone. We all did at this point in time. Um, and then look above the antelope, and I see this big buck standing there. And my dad's watching all this unfold from the pickup, and he's saying it was two bucks fighting with each other. The big one stayed up top where we were, and then the smaller-ish buck kind of dropped down to the canyon we were going. So and we try to make just to clarify, we're like three miles probably from the pickup, right? But it just the angle of where this draw is, he can watch us with a spotting scope all the way. Yeah. Yeah. This was yeah. the longest the the this walk was the longest walk we've done because we went all the way to where you it the uh, sorry, where you hit private and then we cut over. Yeah, we I went as far as we could on yeah. the public ground, and then we kind of got yeah. the edge of that private and walked our way back. Well, and our plan kind of changed, too, because once we got there, 
like once we saw that big buck, I wanted to make a play, try to figure out something. We kind of just dropped down in the bottom and try to come up the other side and hopes to see that deer again. So we went way to the right of him because mm-hmm. we were thinking, okay, if we go really far right, we got all this ground to cover. He's got all these draws and canyons, and we're going to look in all of them. Yeah, and he just kind of disappeared from us, and so we, I decided that we need to go as low as we can and just kind of hit the draws on the way up and hope hopes run into that buck again. But um, I could tell that, you know, that's a lot of hunting. You know, it's like especially when we – amp it up so much about this tag and then you know jake's first time saw a ton of deer a ton of bucks but i mean after a while it's i like, was come never on. there i was never there and i would get back to the pickup after i did this walk or i did some other walk and it would always be my uncle jason dylan taya sam john oh yeah we saw four shooter bucks and i go well i saw three spikes so what's up that first morning though with dylan you had two or three different bucks that were running we had saw four yeah we saw four that was the that was the most action we had and that i just passed them all just didn't think any of them were big enough holding out for the big daddy yeah but here's the thing jake you're 19 years old like that's our first time hunting over there you're gonna mm-hmm. have so many more opportunities and seasons yeah. and think about what you learned over there this year mm-hmm. it was just i mean the education you got from these guys that have been doing it for 20 years and like the the country that we were in mm-hmm. and um i mean i learned a lot this trip because we hunted it i'd never hunted that bottom like we hunted this time i'd always hunted more up on the top of it and so it was cool for me just to kind of see a different way of doing it and i mean i've been out this is my sixth time over there i think and it was it was a really neat learning experience it's like you, every time you go you learn something new and watching some of the behaviors and some of the deer that we saw bed down right in front of us and it's like man i was telling dylan the other day if we just sat still in areas that we know these bucks bed in we would kill nice big bucks yeah. but we like to get out there and get after it you know yeah when so. i knew like at this point We've been walking for a while, and uh, I knew that Jake was – it gets a little frustrating, especially knowing that, like, when you're the tag holder. Like, for me, like, my first couple times, like, the first year I went was un- incredible, unbelievable, but I missed so many deer. So that was the frustrating part for me. But, like, the second time, you know, I went the year before, and there's deer everywhere running around. It's like, man, it's going to be so good for mine. And then you just – aren't seeing the numbers or whatever the case may be. You're not seeing those uh, big bucks that you want to see. Um, so, like, I know that it gets a little frustrating being that tag holder, especially getting that late in the in the season. And so I knew that we needed to make a play and make something happen for them. But I knew that the spot we were getting to was going to play out, and it did in a big way. But I'm not going to take your thunder on that, Jake. I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, it was just, it was getting towards the end of the time that we were going to be there. I had been, I mean, not just me, everybody had been grinding and just long days, long walks, taking almost that walk was probably to where we got to shoot the, get my shot on was four or five hours. It was just, we were, we were grinding. We were really getting up early. I was getting up early every day with my uncle and getting down to the spot that we need to be at way before light even, it was even light, and then taking the walk that we were doing. 
so it was just it was it was a little bit frustrating i mean i knew i still could i was gonna fill my tag no matter what there was nothing that wasn't really the issue is the it was the being the last tag and having the a little bit of the what would you say like just pressure yeah performance pressure for sure a little bit of the pressure to get it done and so we can just kind of celebrate and have a chill day and just kind of hang out the rest of the time and I was just working and I was getting my I will not lie I was a little bit down in the dumps I was getting a little bit over the walk it was a long walk my feet were soaking wet for some reason well especially at this time too we haven't seen a deer since we've seen that big buck in two and a half hours yeah. probably and we're by the and, time we're getting and we up. thought for yeah. sure we'd get on him again and we're looking in all these draws and canyons and yeah. you know dylan knows deer behavior well enough and kind of where these guys escape at so he had some ideas of where he could be and we're checking and he's not there and i'm picking up chunks of obsidian and so is jake every few feet and dylan's like that's the last rock <laughs> you're not picking up another rock yeah it was, it was insane i kept hearing so I kept thinking he was fi- seeing deer or something, and I just look back and he's holding up a rock to show Jake. And I'm like, "Hey, man, well, we're here for a different thing." I think. And, and I had we were uh, we were I had, Yeah, and I had vertigo pretty bad, so I had uh, I don't we I, I had a couple days earlier had gotten my buck, and Jake's dad was to, no, I got it, it was before it was, that. It was when your dad so your dad was there, and we had a pretty fun night where he was. Your dad's pretty musically talented, and yeah, he he's, created. He's, he's really good. He created a song that got us all pretty laughing, and I had had a pretty fun night, and maybe consumed a little bit more than I should have. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was giggling pretty hard. <laughs> Dylan says I was whipping my head around like a rag doll, but I, I woke up the next morning with some vertigo, and it just kept gradually getting worse every day. So I was glad that I got my, I mean, it took me three, four weeks once I got home for that to go away. But I mean, every time I'd bend over to pick a rock up, I'd get back up and I would be all dizzy. But that whole hunt, I was so glad that I didn't have to pull a trigger because I was just totally vertigoed out. Back to when I woke up that morning, I just look over, Sam sleeping right next to me. And I look over at him and his head's just hanging off the cot. So he's looking directly underneath mine upside down. And I didn't know whether or not to wake him. Thought he was dead for a minute. And then he started snoring. So, Which I'm confused on how his head was off that thing because he has a queen-size mattress for a cot. The I know, biggest cot I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but he was his, it was the just weirdest angle. He was almost in an L shape. Yeah, it wasn't good. I mean, that vertigo was bad. Yeah. But, so fast forward, I, I got vertigo. We've been picking up a bunch of rocks. Jake's a little deflated. And we're coming up on pretty much maybe second to last draw. We're still about a mile and a half, two miles from the pickup. We're getting right. Well, I guess I can't. Kyle's. I was going to throw some Kyle stuff under there. But this draw that I basically killed my buck in uh, a few years ago. It was... Yeah, we're getting, we're just dealing every, every probably five minutes. Dude, it's going to happen. Like, you got to keep your head up. Like, you're, we're in a good spot. It's going to happen. We're going to see a deer in the straw. Like, and he kept saying, get a little bit farther back from that edge because you're, there are going to be deer. Deer are going to stand up and run. And lo and behold, called it. We're walking and, and Dill goes, Dill goes, oh, there's a buck, 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 buck. Like we're shooting that one. And 
So this deer drops down, and at this time, I'm trying to get on it, get a rest, get it somewhere where I can get a shot going. And Sam, old vertigo back there, was a mile and a half away from us with my sticks. And I just start screaming, Sam, sticks. Yeah, we said Sam, sticks for the rest of the trip. He's like, Sam, sticks. (laughs) So funny. Well, so I knew they had seen something. So first, before that, we had seen these two does bedded down. So Dylan's like, hey, we're going to pop out away from the rim and come back in where they are. And I guarantee you, when we jump them up, something's going to jump up with them. And you guys got a little bit ahead of me. Maybe I, there was another rock I needed to pick up. I yeah, don't know. Something. But somehow you guys got a little bit ahead of me. And so I don't know how far back I am on you guys. But as soon as I saw you guys reacting, I was like, okay, they're on something, you know, because you guys were running. The deer was already kind of running. And I'm already running when you're yelling Sam sticks yeah. because I knew. And I get my get those sticks under you. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I get Sam finally got over there with the sticks. I, I was this deer was drop dropping straight down and it hit the bottom, and I was waiting for it to see figure out if it was going to break right, break left, or just run right back up the hill, and it starts motoring up this hill. It gets about what would you say halfway up? Mm. Pretty close, yeah, pretty close. Gets about halfway up and takes kind of a hard right and just starts trotting a little bit. Stops broadside, the perfect shot we could have asked for. Well, the perfect setting. How did it too. stop broadside? Dylan was trying to whistle for it, but he had no moisture in his mouth. Oh, so he's dude. so Dylan's trying to <laughs> whistle, and he's going. <laughs> Sam's yelling, and, Sam's I, and I just went the, Meh, you know, and then the thing stops. Stops broadside. Got luckily had got to use my dad's two seventy, my favorite gun ever, and stops broadside, and that thing's just a straight shooting sun gun. What was it? Two hundred and five. Two hundred three. I think it was more like two fifty. I think now I don't know. No, We'd have to rearrange it. Was it? It was, it was two in something. Two, it, was it was a low twos. It, it was two twenty five yeah. or something. It was, it was yeah. low twos, and I thought I have two hundred two on the head for some okay. reason. Two hundred two. It was two hundred two. It was something like that. But yeah, stop broadside at about two hundred yards and just put a put a pretty good shot on it. I don't think I could have made a better shot, really. A great no. shot. Yeah, it was a great yeah. shot. Because right that canyon, though, for that specific draw that that buck was in, it's straight up and down both sides. And, yeah, birds, that's no more than 200. Yeah. Just across there. Yeah, so just he, from how steep he knocks is. him right over. And I, this deer goes right on top of a log. And I was, at first, I was, I was pissed because when I shot, it got, obviously, it got a little bit, like, smoky. And I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? Couldn't see him. And then um, I just hear Dylan go. He he went down and Dylan just screams, let's go. So loud that a mile away, my uncle in the pickup with his window down could hear Dylan screaming. <laughs> he could hear all of us yelling. And it, it was just right after that, we didn't really even think about how crappy the pack out was going to be. We just, yeah. it was, it was nothing but smiles, hugs, high fives, just hugging, high fiving, celebrating. Was, that was a special, special was, moment. For it, really cool. It was yeah. the culmination of the whole hunt and just, it was the most happy I've been shooting a deer, even it more than my big blacktail hunt where it was again working walked in about four miles on that one too i, I like to walk really far and shoot them yeah I found out 
That's that's your style. It is. Yeah, dude. I like it too, man. But yeah, we were all just elated to have that last tag punched and just, uh, you know, then, you know, that elation fades pretty quick as you, once you, I mean, honestly, we were still pretty happy when we got to the deer. Yeah. But then when we start coming down yeah. the hill and back yeah. up. Yeah. The back was, up was like, huh. We sure we don't want to just cut it up, yeah. take it out in pieces. Yeah, Dylan kept going, when are we going to start quartering stuff? Why do we always got to take things out whole? Oh, it's just my, and it's like my dad's way that like, especially for him, he's not coming down in those holes with us. And he, you know, he'll do it if he has a tag, but he ain't going to do it. It's <laughs> me. None of us had water. Yeah, no water. When we saw that, when we saw him walking through the flat at us, uh-huh. and I, for a second, I thought, I, well, I thought I was dying. Dylan, dehydration. Yeah. Dylan go, grabs me and goes, I think that's a ghost. Dylan goes, is that? He said, oh, there's my dad. And I couldn't see him because I was. Yeah, I neither either. of you guys no. could. That's well, what made me think I was going insane. Well, it's because we were blind from dragging that deer Dylan for a mile. Just, Dylan just looks at me and goes, dude, I think I'm hallucinating. If you guys don't see. And then we ended up seeing, seeing old Big Brown. We're just all coming through the woods. Oh, we were so happy. He had water bottles in each of his yeah. pockets. Then you said, he's got water. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, we did, we were probably a mile back at that point, maybe, maybe three quarters of a mile. But we were, how we were getting this deer out, we got to set that scene. So Dylan and I had one hand on each, each horn, each antler. And I had, oh my God, it was. Jake's well, that was his, after we get yeah. it up to the flat, though. Yeah. So we, we fill dressed him, get him took, up top. We took turns running. Just both of us, it'd be I, me and Dylan would go, and then Dylan would take a break, and me and Sam would go, and then I would take a break, and Dylan and Sam would go, and we kind of just did that 15 taking, yards at a time, yeah, yeah, just one pull at a time, getting that thing out. And after we got it up, we took a sizable break, yeah, we were but all then, we were all tired. And well, because I was looking for some rope, because how we did mine out of that same canyon was we just tied it around somebody's waist around the horns and just kind of drug and people helping getting it over logs and stuff. And I asked Jake, I was like, you got any rope or anything in your backpack? He goes, nope. That's and okay. I went, That's oh, not true. Boy. We got down there and Dylan said, dang, we should have looked and seen if you had rope in your backpack. I thought take- I asked you on top. No. I mean, if you did, I just don't remember. He was in the... Yeah, yeah, you're in the phase of it. Yeah, I he was, was in the middle of, I just killed a buck. I'm yeah, yeah. I took, I laid down. After I shot it, after we after we seen it was down, I I laid down and I just kind of said a little prayer and just was like so so excited, so just ready to get. A great first mule deer too, man. Yeah, it's yeah. not one to. It's very proud deer. For oh sure. yeah, it was in the hunt itself. We've talked about this quite a bit. Uh, like you know, because his dad in the pickup that big buck somehow eluded us and went way left. I don't know if it was the same one, but he watched that three point buck bed down, you know, right next to him. What, what did he say? Like 82? Yeah. Yards? It was a nice big three that point. That would have been way nicer. Yeah. As far as the, the size of the buck, but like, well, and from where it was to the pickup. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. But like from a hunt perspective, no, it was, you it can't was beat every, that hunt. No, it was everything know? I could ask for when it comes to mule deer hunting, like just all the stories of you guys, just going out and getting it done and really, truly working for it. Well, it was, especially it was on fun. that one, we went from the highest highs of seeing that that big buck to then the lowest lows of not seeing one for so long. And then 
just having that moment where everything panned out exactly how we thought it would in the moment was unbelievable. Well, to have that play work, you know, you'd mm-hmm. seen those does and you're like, hey, we're going to back out and go back in. I guarantee you they're going to jump something. And sure enough, that's how it went down. And like the day before, remember when we were walking those other draws, we were throwing big rocks in the draws trying to get stuff to jump up and we never saw nothing. And you know, yeah, the day before there was a herd of cattle in there. Yeah, that's right. Well, we saw them that day too, didn't we? Down, yeah, on, the private. down on the private yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I, I've just, every time I've been there, I just, I, I know that there's going to be bucks bedded. I just, and it's right underneath your feet, right off the rim rock, right below you. Well, and the whole rock thing, I've always wanted to throw a rock and see an animal. And so shout Never. out to Endicott Films. Uh, Nathan Endicott fil- filmed his wife get her buck this year and the buck's bedded and he throws a big rock and the thing pops up. And then she has trouble seeing it. For, you got to watch that video on YouTube. It's not a very long one, but um, she has a while trouble getting back on the buck when he pops up. And, then, and so Nathan's in the background. He's right there. He's standing up. You know, shoot him. But, you know, this is a guy that everybody around here knows in the hunting space. Yeah. And it's it was cool to see that, like, they have the same kind of reactions that we do when they're trying to get somebody else on a yeah. deer. Like, it's right there. Shoot it. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, I'm pretty sure the entire time Jacob was waiting for Sam to bring those freaking sticks over. I was just in the back of Jake's head going, shoot it, Jacob, shoot it, Jacob, just about Premier. seven times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was, I, I didn't, probably didn't move as fast as Jason running from that cow, but I was going as fast yeah. as I could go in the moment to get him underneath his yeah. gun. I, and I just, I don't, I don't know. I didn't really feel comfortable. I tried to get down on a knee, couldn't get really on it, and I was just like, I no, you Sam, did the you right thing. Hurry dude. up with these sticks, bro. Well, those sticks are nice. I mean, I've hunted off sticks this year too, and it's, it's just nice to have that little security piece yeah. to get steady and get on, get your shot where you want it to and be. And I think that when you're watching somebody take an animal, that you think that the all you're thinking is this deer's going to run away, this deer's going to run away, it's going to blow out of here. And as a person doing the doing the doing the duty, <laughs> sorry. Uh, you just, I don't know, you're so fired up that everything starts moving a little bit slower mm-hmm. and then your heart rate starts beating faster and you're just like, I got time. I got a little bit of time. Yeah. You're keeping yourself yeah. calm. You're, you're ready. You're yeah. I mean, honestly, what do you think timeline from when he yelled Sam sticks to when the sticks were there? Um, 30 seconds. Oh, not it was even. not even close. <laughs> I mean, li- I mean, in the moment felt like seven minutes, uh, yeah. but I would say probably 15 seconds yeah Yeah, it was pretty quick so it's that was a great hunt guys and i mean it was one of those we'll never forget it and i mean i can't remember where we end up finding a little bit of cordage but we end up getting what did we use his belt or something no i had uh he ended up having like like a little bit of uh rope in my bag and maybe six feet of rope yeah so we tied short so we put that around jake's waist and then we tied it to my belt Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah we so tied, my pants kept falling down. We tied it to your belt, and then Dylan and I each had a side, and so then we would be like, "Get going, Jake!" And yeah. then he'd get out ahead of us and drag. And then when we felt like he wasn't pulling hard enough, we'd be like, "Come on, Jake!" <laughs> and then, and then he would just pick. He was leading the pack, right? I was, and yeah. we're in a wide open yellow flat, and there's not that much you have to worry about. But he made sure we did have to worry about it a lot. There's still more than you would think, but yes, he would take us to these spots where we're yeah. like, oh, I guess we're going right. that way. This, this bush looks good thing to walk through. <laughs> yeah. Dylan kept going, hey, there's a couple people behind you. Yeah. You hadn't noticed. 
So I had the I had my the backpack on stuffed full of stuff. Oh, lots of rocks, I, lots the, of obsidian in there. Yeah, <laughs> ton of them. There was a bunch of rocks, a bunch of clothes because everybody was just sweating. Oh I yeah, we up, shoved all our stuff in your pack. I ended up. I think I ended up in Sam's giant <laughs> puffer vest, no shirt on. Yeah. And uh, you guys need to go back and get that obsidian too. Yeah, because once we got back to camp, Dylan sent it flying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I waited till the last day. Yeah. Once we started loading it up, you guys just left it in the back of my pickup. Yeah. I went, nope. So he chucked it. He was like, you'll find that one later. Yeah. That'll be here for next time. Yeah. But it was, that was a great hunt. And it, it was, was fun. then that night, we're going to take your deer into town to, cause it was a little warm this year. So we were hanging our deer in town in the meat cooler and you know, town's what about a 45 minute to an hour run. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah. So we're running into town and we were going to treat everybody some, to some Mickey D's, you know, it's delicacy over there. Yeah. Good way to end. Yeah, I told everybody, I told everybody, all right, I shot the last deer. I'll buy everybody McDonald's. Yeah. So we were getting some Mickey D's and we were getting some Bailey's and a few other items that were on the list. And, uh, we started heading back and my truck just decides to turn off as we're on the, the main road back to camp and it's just dying. And I think it was saying like powering off. I can't remember what the warning was. It was, uh, it was battery voltage warning. Yeah. And, it but weird. it was, it, we pulled over, we let it relax for a while. We got it going and we were limping along a little bit. And then eventually we realized we're not going anywhere. And uh, we ended up having to call these guys at camp. Thankfully, we got a hold of them. So they came and towed us and everybody got some nice cold Mickey D's and ended up being a crankshaft sensor. Well, and you were trying to leave the next day. I was going to leave the next day, yeah. but I got to spend an extra day. Well, actually, I packed everything up and started to leave. And then it started doing it again on my way, way back. And I had to get a tow into town and leave my truck uh, in town for quite a while. So, yeah, it, it worked out. It made for another trip over there. $500 crankshaft sensor, but now the F 150's back again. Hello. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Outdoor Adventures podcast. Unfortunately, we had some audio challenges and we lost about the last 25 to 30 minutes of this particular episode. Uh, computer was full there was no memory and we thought we were recording and unfortunately it didn't save we were able to recover the first 53 minutes which was nice and so we didn't have to start all the way over but thank you for tuning in and we appreciate you listening to the podcast if you have any ideas for us you can reach out through outdoor adventures podcast at gmail.com we also have another email address which is oap crew questions at gmail.com or you can hit us up on our facebook site So we're looking forward to 2024. We're going to try to put out 24 episodes for the year. And, um, you know, we're out there doing different things all the time so that we have stuff to talk about. But we're going to try to bring in some different guests. And we've got a list of different folks we're going to target. So anyway, hope everybody's off to a great start in the new year. And we appreciate you listening. Thanks.